the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, In the next two segments, we're going to be talking about a topic and problems associated with that topic that we've all heard about, and that is the legalization of marijuana and hemp in the state of Ohio. Well, what does that mean, and what does that mean with regard to law enforcement and and how the state of Ohio is going to be subjecting people to criminal liability and when they won't be? Joining us tonight is the Honorable Judge Kenneth Spanigal from the Parma Municipal Court, who happens to be an expert on what the laws are with regard to medical marijuana and marijuana generally. Judge Spanigal, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Good evening, Nick. Always a pleasure being the advocate. I may not be an expert, but everybody inhaled at some point in their life if they're our age. Well, I didn't, but I didn't, didn't even smoke. But I'm looking for what happens in the future with all this marijuana. Uh, I made it through my adolescence. Uh, but tell me about marijuana, because uh, when we grew up, marijuana was like a, a huge criminal thing. Uh, police were always checking for it. They were being trained on how to recognize the smell of it. Uh, and everything that was going on with uh, marijuana was criminal. And uh, now suddenly, uh, in Ohio and in other states, we have uh, marijuana being produced commercially and being uh, sold, and it's, it's going to be really a conundrum here. So um, what what's new with marijuana, and where do we stand? Well, the whole medical marijuana process probably is misunderstood, and most people don't know what it is. Probably accurately to say, instead of medical marijuana, it is medicines and medications that have THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, which is what gets you high from weed, as the ingredient for the medicine. Uh, We know of medical marijuana in Ohio. However, that doesn't mean you can smoke. The things that one will get if they are eligible for medical marijuana will be the same kind of things you get with any other medicine. There may be pills. There have been THC pills for a long time. There will be oils or ointments, topicals, and there will be inhalers, not unlike uh, an asthma inhaler or an asthmatic takes a puff of a pro-air for their asthma. Uh, you would take a puff or two of your THC medication for whatever your ailment is that's on the approved list. There is an approved list. For, for all your listeners, and many of you I know know what the Internet is, if you go to wherever you can find the Ohio Revised Code, go to Section 3796, and 3796.01 and beyond are the laws of medical marijuana. Uh, and, and just because you want it doesn't mean you can get it. To get it, you've got to have a doctor who prescribes it. There's only certain doctors, unlike every other doctor who can prescribe medications, who can legally prescribe medical marijuana. You must meet certain medical conditions. Just because I have a cold doesn't mean I can get med marijuana. The statute sets forth a number of uh, conditions for which it's eligible. Just for a couple of examples, intractable or chronic or severe pain, post-traumatic stress disorder, Tourette's syndrome, hepatitis C, glaucoma, and that list is always subject to change. In the last month or so, uh, they were determining whether or not autism and anxiety disorders could be medical marijuana available. That board decided no. So there's a list of the conditions that they have already approved for it, that if you have one of these conditions, a medical marijuana licensed doctor can prescribe the medical marijuana. You know, when we talk about marijuana, medical marijuana, how how do people ingest it? You mentioned oils and pills. Uh, are you going to be able to buy marijuana and smoke it, or buy your own pills? 
In Michigan, medical marijuana, you can buy smokable. In fact, in Michigan, it is recreational legal, but you have to buy it from a licensed dispensary in Michigan, to which they don't have any yet. Smoking would still be illegal. You would get the creams, the lotions. I'm not sure their status as to what I'll call a a candy-type dosable, like a, a gummy bear, but you would only be able to get those things. If If I have a med marijuana card... And maybe I've got the ointments or whatever, but I'm caught smoking weed. That's still the crime of smoking weed. It's not like you're going to get a baggie of weed out of a dispensary. You're going to be getting some medical thing, not unlike what you get at a regular pharmacy. Now, all the laws are still on the books as far as drug used to smoke weed or marijuana and actually having in possession marijuana. Those laws haven't changed, have they? No, they haven't changed. And again, whether I've got papers or grassy weed, that would still be illegal. However, I do know that a number of cities, Columbus probably being the largest, and it's being discussed in Northeast Ohio, even though the law has not changed, that uh, the government gives instructions to the police, if all you got is somebody with some weed, maybe don't cite them. Uh, there are mandatory fines on the state level. There may not be mandatory fines on a local ordinance that the police sort of have a marching order from their executive and legislative that even though the law is on the books, don't charge anybody with it. But there is no guarantee of that. No, I think I heard uh, Vermilion police aren't going to be uh, enforcing marijuana That could laws, be one of them. Uh, only because they don't have the testing equipment to distinguish between the marijuana or hemp with THC versus that without? The current testing can't tell the difference between marijuana and the THC content or hemp and the cannabidiol, I always love that word, uh, content. Now, if I've got a bag of buds and stuff that looks like in his weed, they're probably still going to charge it. I mean, I may have a a coil of hemp rope in my trunk. I suppose it might test positive for cannabidiol, but that's not legal. How widespread uh, are these test kits, uh, and how expensive are they for municipalities to make this distinguish? Uh, you know, I, I know that most of my departments have a field testing kit, which merely says it's got the, it's got the uh, can, cannabidiol or the THC. Now, assuming I get caught with a bag of weed and it tests positive, it was still, I think, and we lawyers know, an affirmative defense that it wasn't weed, it was hemp, for example, uh, or oregano, for that example. Oregano is not in the hemp family, is it? Nope. But in the old <laughs> days, people would put that in a bag and try and sell it to somebody as weed. Very aromatic, but uh, great for salads mm-hmm. and sub-sandwiches. In uh, Parma Municipal Court, uh, over the, the years that they, and I'm talking about the last two or three years where we've been talking about marijuana and considering it, um, have you seen any trends with regard to the prosecutions of possession or use of marijuana? Has it gone up, down? or Probably same? constant. Many times you get a traffic stop, they find or see or smell something. You know, marijuana is a certain smell, not unlike a skunk. And if I smell that sound, the police would say, you know what, I think you got it. Now, that's in conjunction with a traffic offense, perhaps. We also know of many felony drug arrests because somebody's got felony drug in their car, heroin, fentanyl, a couple of pills, whatever. So as part of that arrest for the weed, that then leads to other things that may be in the car. So... uh lawyer-like legal discussion, when someone has in their possession marijuana, even though they think they might have it legally for whatever reason, and uh, an officer can smell it, but that would be the burning marijuana. You you don't smell the... Marijuana has a smell even when it's not burning. I mean, one time they, they cut two major grew operations at my court. They were drying all the weed for purposes of determining weight in the police garage in my building. I walked to the assignment office and it smelled like my college dorm from 50 years ago because that odor is there. It, it, it's got a skunky kind of an odor. So it's like if you smell a skunk outside, that's not unlike the smell of raw marijuana. That's drying out. and uh, Or in a baggie. Releasing the water vapors. 
Uh, well, whether it's legal or not to have it, that will still be probable cause for police officers to um, actually get a search warrant and search your car. Yeah, possibly search warrant. It's a minor misdemeanor, which means you get a ticket and you come to court. Unless there's a consent search, like if the police ask my search your car and you say yes, they still need a warrant, but they need something more as to why they're seeking a warrant or if you're arrested from something else. So you get arrested for an OVI, and there's a whole level of marijuana OVI-type crimes for driving impaired that um, then they may do an inventory search if you're arrested or perhaps other reasons that lead them to enough to either search the car or, in theory, get a warrant. I think it's a practical matter. If they find weed in the car, they're not going to detain you, park the car, try and get a search warrant, and come back and search the car. Although many times it's called an inventory search. If I arrest you, Nick, and we're towing your car, we do an inventory search to protect all of your property. So there's a list of exactly what was in that car when it got towed. Well, we're, we're talking to Palma Municipal Court Judge Kenneth Spanigal. And we're trying to understand uh, the complexities about the new marijuana laws, what you can and can't do, and how law enforcement is going to be dealing with that. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these words. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must Hi, I'm Pat work. Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of the advocate pet lamb and select insurance have been my insurance agents for years wonderful to work with and never a hassle call pat lamb at select insurance for your insurance needs you've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a european river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine portugal has to offer even better you'll move on to spain and experience the rich heritage of this country Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And, since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended, as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 Shades of Green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn. Or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Welcome back 
completely Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. We're talking tonight to Judge Kenneth Spanigal. He's a municipal court judge at the Parma Municipal Court, and uh, he's helping us, trying to explain to us and make sense out of the new marijuana laws and uh, what do you need to do to stay out of trouble? Uh, because, uh, well, first off, let me welcome again Judge Spanigal. Judge Thank you Ken, again, Nick. Thanks for joining us. Um, I remember earlier on, uh, several years ago, Colorado uh, did um, allow legalized marijuana. And I remember I had a case in Colorado, and I talked to one of the police officers there, and they said, the public perception of legalized marijuana uh, comes across to the public very, very simply. It doesn't come across with a list of do's and don'ts and conditions that you can and cannot do it. Uh, when the police were arresting people who were impacted of marijuana, and using marijuana, uh, the, they thought it's legal. They can use it anytime, any place, as much as they wanted. Have you seen any of that here yet, where people have the attitude when they come into court, like, I didn't think there was anything wrong with marijuana. It's only marijuana. Well, in Ohio, it's still not recreational legal. So Colorado, it's recreational legal. But you still have impaired driving with weed or what we call mixed substance, which is I have a couple of tokes of weed, then I have some drinks. <laughs> There are, there are limits of what we call per se, where if you're over a certain limit of something, like alcohol, you're automatically guilty regardless of, of how your driving is. I mean, impaired driving is what we all think of as OVI or drunk driving. But if I have a certain amount of alcohol in my system, even if I'm a good driver, or a certain amount of what are called nanograms of THC, and all the other street drugs, fentanyl, cocaine, that is in and of itself guilty. Part of the problem is, like in Colorado, um, I have a certain amount in my system, which might not all have been smoked today because marijuana stays in your system. Maybe uh, I smoked last night, but I still could be guilty of impaired driving, as with marijuana. Now, that ultimately involves a urine test or a blood test. The officers can, can do all their testing, but let's say that you have no alcohol in your system and you blew a zero on the alcohol machine, they still can ask you for a blood or urine test. A refusal of that would result in a license suspension separate from guilt or innocence. Then eventually that urine or blood is tested. It comes back with a certain number of nanograms per milliliter of blood or urine. And if it's over a certain number, you're driving impaired. And in that sense, in Ohio it's still illegal anyway, but... Even if you're not drinking and smoking, you still could be guilty of, per se, drug driving. With uh, the marijuana issue, and uh, the officers can check if you have any marijuana in the car, but let's say you're at a party and you've had several joints and you're flying high on marijuana, uh, how, and, and you've had no alcohol, but you're impaired. Uh, are there easy tests other than urine or alcohol or performance tests? Or how can the officer well, build a case? We have in Ohio for many years in other states what are called field sobriety tests. These are three tests. It's called the horizontal gaze, which detects uh, perhaps a likelihood you're going to blow over a certain alcohol. The one-leg stand and walk and turn are physical motor tests. Now, if I'm just smoking, I might still not perform well on those tests, but my HGN might not show alcohol. And if I get to the station, I might blow no alcohol. There still would be probable cause to arrest. But at that point, there is a test that is used that's called vertical nystagmus, which is with a device going up and down in front of your face as opposed to horizontal that has not yet been approved but is used as far as the probable cause that maybe you're on drugs because depending upon how your eyes react to the vertical nystagmus, could indicate what kind of drugs you might be on. You know, unlike uh, taking a breath test, that uh, if you refuse to take a breath test, uh, you're going to lose your license automatically Correct. by statute. Uh, are any rules that apply to that when someone, an officer asks someone to participate in these field sobriety tests or the horizontal or vertical gaze nystagmus? In theory, you do not have to take any of those tests, although it may be more likely at that point the policeman may still arrest you for some other reason. Got to remember, with impaired drivers, separate from collecting evidence to be used against you, whether you're guilty or innocent, if they believe a driver should not be on the road, it'll be their job first and foremost to get that driver off the road, and then the justice system can decide whether or not they committed a crime doing it. 
There are people who have legitimate medical emergencies, what we call the community caretaking function, Mm -hmm. where, and quite frankly, drowsy driving is an even greater danger and more existent than impaired alcohol drug driving. You know, how many times have you and one of your listeners nodded off even for a second or two while driving somewhere? Um, All of those, now, for example, with the medical marijuana now, uh, we judges are looking, and I've not seen any case yet, where the use of the medical marijuana as an affirmative defense. If I still test over that number, that could be per se drug driving. But let's say I'm arrested for impaired driving. I have no alcohol. I got some weed. It might be an affirmative defense that, well, I wasn't driving badly because I was impaired. And the mere existence of weed in my system is answered by the fact that I have a medical marijuana card. I was taking my medication as prescribed. Just as a normal person with a normal medication taking as prescribed, and they got those labels on the bottles, don't drive or whatever, use heavy machinery, it may be an affirmative defense as to whether or not your driving was impaired. Do do we have any tables uh, to show what kinds of concentrations will be to be impaired with marijuana THC levels? or Sure. If you go to ohiojudges.org, which is our judicial conference website, on the public access, you can look at Judge Jennifer Weiler's charts that show for what we call low-tier BAC, high-tier BAC, which is over 0.17, and all of the various quantities of nanograms per milliliter for the various drugs. Now, this is not something that, you know, we, you and I want to go out and say, well, you know, I only had one drink an hour, and I only had a drink every hour and a half. I should be good numerically on an alcohol test. There's no way you can determine or guess that if I'm smoking a joint because it's sort of like, I don't know if it's the percentage of the THC, whether it's low or high, so one puff on one baggie might be different from one puff on another baggie. So it's not like you say, well, I've only had one toke or one puff. I'm Okay. You, you said one toke. Are, are there new uh, terms that uh, people are using today that I may never have heard of? Since I don't smoke in 45 or 50 years, I don't know, other than I'm sure there are street names for stuff. I mean, I use the word toke because the old song, one toke over the line. Yeah, that's what and, I was thinking. Um, bud, I mean, it's not necessarily the beer in the victory fridge. People refer to weed as bud, weed, grass. Beyond that, I don't know. I haven't been around any been smokers around. lately. Uh, the uh, the term hemp is a very generic term, apparently. and you know, we, we only have a couple of minutes here. I don't know if you can give us a quick synopsis. Can people get into uh, trouble with hemp that is not laced with the hallucinogenic qualities? Uh, I'm of glad you asked that because separate from medical marijuana, we have passed something called House Bill 57 in the General Assembly, which also legalizes hemp and hemp product. Now... Hemp and marijuana are in a similar plant family, but hemp is different from weed. Marijuana has tetrahydrocannabinol, which is that THC active ingredient. Hemp has what's called cannabidiol, which is similar chemically, but that does not get you high. But that may also have certain medical benefits, especially for either chronic pain or perhaps occasional pain. So it will now be legal to go to your local drugstores, Drug Mart, CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, whatever, and purchase cannabidiol products. They are not, they're not weed. And these would be, again, topicals where, okay, you got a sore elbow, you buy some cannabidiol oil and you rub it on, not unlike in the old days, we'd rub Bengay on a sore muscle. So that will be coming. That is street legal. It does not need a prescription. Oh, by the way, does it work? I haven't had to need it yet. But but as far as the professionals are experts. There are people who, before we had medical marijuana, said that there are benefits of marijuana. This is what has led to medical marijuana. So we should ask your listeners, and they do their first cannabidiol oil, to have you send in your responses. Well, we hope their case is heard before you, and we can talk about it in court. Okay. Kind of a thing. But uh, but in any event, the idea of uh, marijuana and uh, how it's going to get involved with the enforcement of laws and public safety. Of course, you know, we use the term OVI, operating a vehicle while impaired. Uh, we, we don't want people to get injured or, or killed because of somebody being careless while they're driving. So 
Uh, we were listening to Judge Kenneth Spanigal. Judge Spanigal, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, today. Nick. Always a pleasure to be with the advocate. You, you always have so much information, so much in-depth uh, explanation. We appreciate that so much. We're going to uh, take a short break now. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We're going to be back after these words, so don't go away. We'll be right back. Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance you've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a european river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine portugal has to offer even better you'll move on to spain and experience the rich heritage of this country explore the early influences of ancient rome and since this is a culinary tour see if their food can surpass the bar that the portuguese have set for you And yet, your adventure has not ended, as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 Shades of Green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. WHKRadio.com is the answer for you and your burning questions. Listen online to AM 1420 The Answer for the latest news, sincere opinions, and profound insights at WHKRadio.com. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. In the next uh, two segments, we're going to be talking about searching for our humanity, especially in the modern-day culture that we, we experience and we hear about every day. Everything from mass shootings to a high divorce rate and those kinds of things. And uh, to take us through those discussions tonight, we have Rian Eisler. Rian, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Hi. Nice to talk to you. Well, nice talking to you. You're the author of a book called Nurturing Our Humanity, How Domination and Partnership Shape Our Brains, Lives, and Future. That's my latest book. That's right. And, well, want to uh, hear a little bit about yourself because I always think that people uh, are going to listen more when they find out how authoritative you are on the subject. Tell us a little bit about your background, and I know your early childhood is significant. 
Well, I, yes, I was a child Holocaust refugee with my parents. And uh, those were very traumatic experiences, of course, which actually years later ignited really the passion that I have uh, for this research. Um, I've had a sort of a a checkered career. I sometimes think of my life as the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle coming together. I have a legal background. I practiced law, wrote a brief to the Supreme Court. Uh, But basically, um, I'm I'm now a system scientist, cultural historian, certainly an author um, of many books. And... um, I'm very passionate about this work of trying to find out uh, just what really are the root causes of so many of our problems and how can we meet them more successfully. Well, well where do I begin? Uh, you know, right now in our, our present times, uh, we have more mass shootings reported than, than we ever have. And... Uh, the, the question is, why is it happening? The government is unable to respond to it. Uh, the government is divided. Um, and even when they say to enforce or uh, make more strict gun laws and have uh, uh, more background checks, that, that still really doesn't go to the root problem, which tends to show up in maybe cultural-type issues. Definitely. I mean, I think that it's not a simple issue, and all of the factors you mentioned have to be addressed. But what I think we ignore are some of the underlying issues. And one of them, of course, is this unfortunate uh, equation of being a real man with power over other people, uh, with a gun. In, 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 in popular parlance. And I think that uh, we really have to have a serious conversation about that. The mass shooters, many of them have a history of domestic, what we call domestic violence. I, I mean, it's violence. I don't know, you know, just because it's in an intimate relationship, people seem to think it's of a lesser magnitude, right? But oh, of it course. So, and also, of course, many of them um, seem to have uh, mental issues, and I think that the data is becoming very clear that this socialization of men to be tough, to show their mastery, uh, especially mastery over women, right? Um, Well, they they are the other side, yes. (laughs) It's a disaster. It's a disaster for men, because it really, you know, the title of this new book is Nurturing Our Humanity, and of course, uh, men are just as human (laughs) as women, but men are taught that to be a real man, you can't be like a woman, and unfortunately, we have inherited what I call a gendered system of values in which caring, caregiving, nonviolence are considered soft or feminine. So right there, you've got a real problem. You mention in your book that there are, are certain characteristics that are, are more natural leanings of humans, to be kind to other humans, to help other humans, those kinds of things. Uh, yet culturally, uh, and, and before the interview tonight, uh, you and I talked a bit about the differences between men and women and how culturally uh, we have reminders constantly that men dominate over women. And uh, the example I gave was the modern American wedding uh, ceremony where the father of the bride walks up with his daughter and says to the man, I'm giving you my daughter in marriage. That, that sort of like says it all, doesn't it? Well, yes. I mean, this is a, a chattel and I'm about to transfer ownership, right? <laughs> Which is really deeply rooted in what I call domination history. Now, the good news, and I really want to go back to that, is what you started with. What we're learning from neuroscience um, is fascinating. For example, uh, I'll give you one study where 
uh, the, the, the so-called pleasure centers of our brains light up more when people share than when they win. Uh, another example is that babies, both male and female babies, by the way, uh, tend to actually cry when they hear another baby cry. It's sort of an empathic response. So the notion that, you know, we're wired, right? You know, either by original sin or by selfish genes is absolutely not based on any factual evidence. And in fact, my co-author in this book is the noted anthropologist Douglas Fry, who is one of the world authorities on foraging societies. And you know that story that we're told about these evolutionary imperatives going way back into prehistory. Too bad, you know, they just program us, right, genetically for Mm -hmm. rape, for violence, for war. Absolute nonsense. Foragers are much more peaceful, more gender balanced, uh, more egalitarian, and that's how we actually lived for millennia. So there are a lot of stories that have been taught really came out of the rationalization of a domination system. When, when you talk in your book about uh, childhood, childhood experiences and uh, childhood traumas, uh, that kind of thing, and uh, reflecting back on your experiences as a six-year-old when your whole world is with your parents and being safe, um, uh, what came to mind is the fact that we have thousands of children coming across the U.S. border from South America and Mexico. Uh, what what effect is being exposed to the treatment they're they're getting, whether it's legal or not legal, whatever? Looking at it through the eyes of a child, uh, what what kind of traumas are they going through, and how will this affect them in their future? Well, they're going through enormous trauma, and unfortunately, not only they, but the society of the future in which they will be adults will pay for that. I mean, that's what we really have to understand, that uh, when children are traumatized, and it's not, uh, you you know, when they're stressed to the extent of being frightened, of being separated from those that they've become attached to who were their caregivers, uh, this is really a very horrible thing to do to a child and to a future that all children will share. Well, I'm I'm thinking the long term for children who are exposed to uh, uncertainty and uh, trauma, whether it's physical or emotional, and uh, the the development and and observing anger in action and observing violence, uh, don't, don't they tend to normalize that behavior for their own behavior in the future? Unfortunately, the majority of people to experience that and who observe what you described, anger, violence, uh, this whole in-group versus out-group thinking, uh, yeah, they tend to replicate it. And, you know, one of the things that I think has been a problem in trying to understand what's happening is that we tend to, we have been taught really to think of childhood, what children observe and experience, which of course also includes gender relations. Well, let's let's hold it let's children. hold it right there for a moment. We're we're talking to uh, Rianne Eisler uh, in her book Nurturing Our Humanity and finding out how we can make this a better place. Sounds really idealistic, but. Uh, There's some truth and neuroscience to it we'll be back to talk about. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be back after these words. Don't go away.
More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select insurance for your insurance needs. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. And we're talking to Rian Eisler, uh, an attorney, which is a great thing, but also uh, an expert in uh, cultural issues and uh, human nature and neuroscience. Um, her book is called Nurturing Our Humanity, and uh, it, it attempts to address uh, some of the background issues of uh, what are cultural traits that result in uh, either a violent type culture or more of a constructive uh, partnership type uh, peaceful culture. And uh, Rianne Eisler, thank you again for joining us tonight. My pleasure, Nick. Did, did I somewhat accurately state the purpose of your book? Yes, I think you did. And I'd like to get back to the question that you posed before the break. Uh, because what we're learning from neuroscience is very, very important, not only for us personally, but for us as societies. Which is that this whole argument about nature versus nurture is absolutely crazy because it is the interaction of genes with our environment, which of course for humans is mostly the environments that we create, namely cultural environments through our families, education, religion, politics, economics. And what we're learning is that, for example, one study showed that there there is a gene that some men have which seems to predispose men to violence, but the importance, the impact of the environment and the early experiences and observations of a child are so huge that not every man who has this gene uh, became violent. Only those who, in terms of the language that's used in these studies, had adverse childhood experiences. Now, there's a lesson there, isn't there? And it isn't just about parenting and about child development. It's about connecting the dots that if you have uh, children who are exposed to violence, you know, the APA, American Psychological Association, just finally said not only is spanking harm, you know, ineffective, but it is harmful. Uh, 
and and we would not think of hitting a coworker, right, if they don't do what we want or or an employee. But here is this helpless child, right, dependent on people, and we've been taught that that's okay, but it's not. You know, in in the shootings we mentioned in the last segment, uh, where we typically have young males with guns and lots of ammunition. They go in and they start uh, randomly killing people. Uh, I'm not sure whether all the cases are the same, but uh, it, it seems sometimes that uh, the shootings are done almost for sport or a sport-like uh, motivation, and sometimes they're motivated by hatred, which I guess in, yeah. in terms of mental uh, state of mind condition, hatred being a motivation uh, is, is something that someone has to have the emotional capacity to hate, which is a very strong, strong feeling. Um, the governments, as I mentioned earlier, are, are trying to come up with some type of solution to the problem to attack the, uh, the repeated stories of these young men who go out shooting people randomly. Uh, is there anything, based on your experience as a lawyer as well, as a person who's sort of a social scientist, what direction should the government go when we can't lock up all mentally ill people and we, we're not reasonably going to take guns away from everyone in the population, but there should be some type of a thought-out, reasonable approach to try well, to I, identify the, it, it, the bad people. Yes, I agree. What would and, that be? Uh, certainly, I mean, there's absolutely no reason that uh, these cartridges that can kill so many people, you know, within seconds practically, that guns like that should be manufactured and sold. I mean, that's just common sense. You know, who needs it? I mean, you you don't want to use that kind of a gun if you're hunting, right? So, steps like this, but, but I think we have to really go much deeper, and this is what we've been talking about. Uh, certainly some of these men must have had a lot of pain in their lives and a lot of, of, of trauma, uh, and some of them are mentally ill. There's no question about that, but hate people who hate uh, aren't necessarily mentally ill. They, they've been indoctrinated. Uh, and combine that with this sort of act tough expectation, right, of, uh, you know, the, of manning up, right, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. controlling, and uh, you've got a real mess. You know, a recent study actually showed that it costs our nation billions, billions, uh, that indoctrination to suppress in men their uh, more uh, soft, caring qualities, their empathy, traffic accidents, suicide. I mean, talk about guns and suicide. It's, it, it's huge. Depression, sexual violence, bullying, binge drinking. I mean, this is public health data. And so it, you know, these mass shootings is just one rather horrible manifestation, but there are many others. And that's why uh, it's so important for us to think more deeply, not only, as I said, in terms of our own families, but in terms of the society we live in. Well, you, you mentioned uh, earlier conditioning, how we're conditioned. And uh, you know, going back to the 60s on, on TV, where we just had three national networks and uh, a very short time to get out the facts of the the various news events of the day, uh, where now, with uh, all the cable we have available, 24-7 news cycles, uh, we can really tune in culturally to uh, what side, left or right, far right, far left, wherever we want to go, we can, we can line up our, our own news sources. And uh, we, we heard earlier about... Uh, the idea of alternate facts, well, sort of alternate states of reality between, say, like Fox News and MSNBC. You're wondering, what what are they reporting? They're they're not reporting the same things. So, you know, how how do people avoid the confusion and sort of set their moral compass in the right direction in light of all these options we have for gathering the truth? 
it's not easy, and uh, but it isn't the technology; it's how it's used, and that's really, I mean, the the the, the fading line between reality and virtual reality. I mean, a fact is a fact. There is no alternate fact. There is no false fact. Uh, there is our empirical ways, and that's really what my work uh, draws on, is um, what do we actually know about what is possible for human beings, and certainly we can be cruel and violent, but the evidence again and again is that given half a chance, and this again, we're back to what children first observe and experience, mm-hmm. and yes, gender socialization is a huge part of that. You know, it's not accidental, for example, that uh, in uh, foraging societies as well as in countries uh, like Sweden, Norway, Finland, which are not socialist, they have a very healthy market economy, uh, there, is, there are more caring policies. And it's because... Uh, it's very interesting. The status of women is so much higher. Fifty percent of the national legislatures are female. And when that happens, men no longer feel it's such a threat to their status, right? To also embrace caring policies like universal health care, uh, universal right, available right. good uh, early childhood education paid parental leave. Well, well I like I, mean, I like your term uh, partnership as uh, opposed to domination where you have one in power versus one not. I know we're running out of time but I I think that with regard to the partnership thing uh, in in just a, a couple of seconds is there hope for us as a culture? There is grounded hope, real hope. We lived in that way for millennia. We've been trying to move in that direction again. You know, uh, sometimes when I get depressed about what's happening today, I say it as a joke, but it's true. I think of the European Middle Ages, which looked a lot like the Taliban. Well, we're going to we're gonna have to hold it right there and have you back again where we can explore this more. But, uh, okay. Rian Eisler, thank you so very much for sharing with us tonight, and And thank you for listening to us. We'll be back here next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning And only my mind Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.